Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me to Romans tonight, the book of Romans. We're going to be talking about some. Can you don't mind if I preach to myself a little bit tonight, do you? And you get in on it? That's good. Because if it does me good, it'll do you good. How about that? We're going to be talking about maintaining the glow tonight. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Um, well, nah, you know, we, I like to start in verse 10. We're actually going to verse 11. It says, be kindly affectioned one another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. One translation said that, that phrase, fervent in spirit, says maintain the glow. Well, what glow are we talking about? You know, when you're, when you're pregnant, people say, oh, you have this glow about you. I hope never to have that glow again. Fact is, I know I'll never have that glow again. Never. That's over. Done. You know, but there, you know, it's, it's funny, it's funny, you know, as women, sometimes we can look at another woman and figure out that she's pregnant already because there's something about her. You can just tell the difference. But there's that kind of a glow. Then there's this glow when you're in love. Oh, you know. Oh my, you're just so silly, so giddy, so obnoxious to be around. <laughs> You know, I remember what that was like. You're just so in love, you know. That's all you can think about, everything. It's all you can talk about. There's just this glow going on about you. And then there's the kind of glow that happens when you get, to, as a woman, you get to a certain age. It's called a hot flash. <laughs> and I've had plenty of that. Lots of experience with that. But that's not the glow we're talking about tonight. We're talking about a spiritual glow because there is a glow about you when you're in the right place, spiritually speaking. When you're in a place that, that you ought to be, there will be a glow about you. Have you ever been in a place or maybe in a situation, maybe it's on the job, maybe it's just in a, a social setting, maybe it's in a store, just and somebody will look at you and say, are you a believer? And you go, yeah, well, there's just something about you. That's the glow of the Holy Ghost that's on your life. There's something about you. I remember a story that was told by a missionary who um, was up, I believe, and Pastor, you can correct me if, if you can, or help me if I can remember this story right, that he was, he was up in, I believe he was serving in, a, in the Alaska area, uh, maybe somewhere up in, up in that vicinity. Anyway, there was a situation where he ran into a, a gentleman who said that he, I don't really, man, I should have got my story straight before I got up here. Anyway, somebody had told him, that maybe, it was, maybe it was somebody he had been trying to minister to, witness to, but anyway, they, they said that Christians, that he, could, well, he knew a Christian because there was just, there was just this glow about them. And, you know, Christians ought to be glowing. We ought to be radiating the life of God that's on the inside of us. Because what's on the inside of us should be coming out all the time. It shouldn't be something that's hot. We're not hiding under a bushel. I mean, I sang that song as a little kid. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's not a little light. There is a bright beam of light coming from the believer who will act like a believer and conduct themselves like a believer because God is going to use you to, to be the beacon to draw somebody else in. You know, we go out into this world and we should be the people who attract others to us because of the glow that's on us. It's kind of like, you know, the light outside your house and all the bugs that attract, you know, I'm going, well, I don't want to attract a lot of bugs. There's a lot of people out there who are full of bugs, you know, who are very pretty buggy, you know, but you don't want to be a bug zapper. You know, you don't want people to look at you and go, oh, my goodness, I don't want to be around them. You don't want them to be attracted to you. And so here in Romans it says, you know, that you're being fervent in spirit. Uh, there is a couple of other translations. The Weymouth translation of that phrase says, have your spirits aglow. When your spirit's aglow, everybody's going to know it. It's going to be obvious. The Goodspeed translation says, be on fire with the spirit. 
The RSV translation says be aglow with the Spirit. But the key here is you be. Well, if you be, then you must be able to do something about it. You must be able to do something that will affect whether you glow or whether you don't in this life. In Ephesians 5 verse 17, it says, be filled with the Spirit. And you, literally, that means it's a continual phrase, just like Pastor was talking about on Sunday. The Greek has a lot of words that we don't, tenses that we don't have, but it's a continual process, a continual ongoing process, something that doesn't stop, but it's just, it goes on and on. It's something that we're constantly involved in. You know, it's almost like a, like a, a, a wheel, you know, we're constantly just, just maintaining, just going with it, just being, being filled with the Spirit. It's important that you understand what being filled with the Spirit is all about because there's so many benefits of being filled with the Spirit. You know, people will say, well, I got filled with the Spirit when I, when I got born again. So I don't, that, that's all you need. Well, you did get filled with the Spirit in one sense. You got filled with the Spirit of Christ who lives on the inside of you. But we're talking about another dimension. We're talking about another action. We're talking about being filled with the Spirit, that you, the Spirit comes upon you and it indwells you. And, and we know that because we're born again. We're, now we're, we have received the Holy Spirit into our lives. You know, the evidence of that is speaking in tongues. And if somebody says you can be filled with the Spirit without speaking in tongues, I don't think so. You can be filled in the measure that is the, the, the life of Christ, the Spirit of Christ. But if you're going to be really filled with the Spirit, you will speak in tongues. And the Bible gives us that opportunity because to use that avenue is to be filled with power, be filled with joy, is to help us maintain ourselves, to edify ourselves. It's one of the ways that we maintain the glow is by being filled constantly. Well, why do you need to be, be filled constantly? It's because the world and your life is always draining you. Your life, just, just life, is putting a demand on your spirit Every day. Every day. And you cannot afford to let yourself get low. It's just like a gas tank. You can't afford to let it get low. You know, there, you know, we don't, we're gonna in this house that we're about to move into, we're gonna have a big gas tank outside. And that gas tank is hooked up to the house. But you know, there are people who live in subdivisions who have a continual supply. When that gas tank gets empty, we're gonna have to have it filled up. There are other people who live in subdivisions where there's, a, there's already piped in gas and there's a continual flow of it. That's what the Holy Spirit is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a continual flow, not a reservoir that we depend on until it's empty. Then now we've got to go fill it back up. But something that is continually being filled over and over. As soon as there's something that's been drawn out, the, the Spirit comes in and refills us. That's the best way for you to maintain and walk in your life in this world. It's the most successful place to be. And we can understand that, you know, there are times when we're not as quite as successful as we ought to be. But if you're going to maintain the glow, that means there's some maintenance that's going to have to be done. Amen. Maintenance. You have to do maintenance on a house. You have to do maintenance on a car. You have to do maintenance on your body. What happens if you have a house that... You know, when you move into it, it's in wonderful shape. But, you know, a little bit of time goes by and, well, this doesn't work anymore. Well, I'll get to that later. And then something else goes wrong. Well, I'll get to that later. And then there's something else that needs doing. Well, I'll get to that later. Well, then I need to do this. Well, I'll get to that later. After a while, there is a stack of things. That house is no longer in good repair. How about a car? You know, the best thing you can do for your car is to keep it, the oil checked, and to keep it, you know, regularly maintained by replacing the oil and the filter. That's just a basic. You know, but there are times when, you know, there are people who will buy a car and never consider doing maintenance on it. I mean, it's like, oh, you, you have to change the oil? Uh, yeah. Oh, you have to change the transmission fluid? Uh, yeah. You mean you have to change the air filter? Yeah. You need to have to change the engine filter? Yeah. You have to change the tires? Yeah. It's called maintenance. 
just like a house, just like a car needs maintenance, your body, your physical body needs maintenance. You can't just keep ignoring your body, not taking good care of it. Well, if you're going to talk about your body, what are the three things any doctor would tell you about how you maintain your body? What three things are the most important things? Diet, exercise, and rest. Well, what kind of food have you been putting in your spiritual body? If you don't put the right kind of natural food in your natural body, things happen that you don't want to happen. A lot of things. Some of them are just annoying things. Some of them are serious things. And just like you can't afford to put just any old junk in your body all the time, you can't afford to put any old junk in your spirit all the time. Well, what kind of wrong food are you talking about, Pastor Angela? Well, how about mm, strife? How about gossip? How about worry? How about uh, offense? How about just ignoring God? You know, that's, that's the wrong kind of food. How about feeding your, your, your mind on things that have no business being in front of your face? Oh, that's the wrong food. How about going to places of entertainment? I put that in parentheses. That will not edify you at all. That they put things in you that have no business being there. How about just priorities with your time and your attention? Uh, that's the wrong kind of food. You're feeding your spirit man something that's going to hurt your, your spiritual life. You've got things have to be dealt with. Don't expect somebody else to do your maintenance. You know, the, the commercial that you see all the time, you know, when somebody says, do you know a good painter? You do? Okay, get me three estimates. You know, listen, that's the way some people approach their spiritual life. Okay, if I just go to church every so often, that's, that's enough. No, it's not enough. Just to show up at church and have somebody else praise God and have somebody else be involved in serving and have somebody else listen to the sermon isn't helping you. It can't help you. You have to do those things. You have to show up. You have to show up mentally as well as physically. You have to show up spiritually and receive. You have to, you have to be a part of things. You know, it's one of those kind of things where you, if you don't exercise this part of your life, you become, um, hmm. What's a good word for that? Um, I'm trying to choose my words here carefully. <laughs> Without lack of exercising, what you're supposed to be doing, you, know, you don't profit anything. You do not mature spiritually. You just don't. But you have to do it. I've got an elliptical sitting in the garage right now. When we get moved, I'm really not planning on getting it out. <laughs> I think, oh, I can do something else. I can do something else. I don't want that thing out. But if I do what I'm supposed to do, I will get it out. It's for the days that I don't want to go somewhere to exercise, like at the gym, or maybe it's raining, if I, so I don't want to walk. There, there's ways to do it. But you know what? If you don't exercise your natural body, it doesn't stay in shape. If you don't exercise your spiritual body, it doesn't stay in shape. And you're going to have to put the right food in. You're going to make sure the word is going in you, the right word. Can I stop right there for a minute? You know, people, it's amazing to me that there are times when you know, you'll talk to somebody and they're excited about certain parts of the word, but not other parts of the word. You know, this is, this. oh, I want to eat, the, I, I like this. I, this is the part of the word I want to consume. But eh, you can leave that over there. It's the way I feel about collard greens. Just leave it over there. <laughs> Don't talk to me about collard greens. Don't talk to me about okra. No, no, I'm not doing that. You know, but meat and potatoes, oh, man, that's great. That's great. You know, we all know my love of cheesecake. You know, but you, you don't just take with the things that you like. 
because these are the things that you need. Do not try to give me okra, okay, just because I th- you think I need it. But there are things on God's table that we need. We may not particularly care for them because it doesn't satisfy our flesh man quite as much as other things do. People get hooked on prosperity. People get hooked on, on uh, oh, end time stuff. They just revel in this. You know, people get, get hooked on, on things like numerology, which it's, it's interesting. But is that going to help you in your daily walk? Is that going to help? I mean, it's interesting to know. But you know what? You and I really need to live out of the, the epistles. That's where we live. The other things are, 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 yes, they're part of the word, and yes, they're, they're things that we need to, to go to and be familiar with, but we live where the epistles take us. And that's where we need to be feeding all the time. Instead of, instead of chasing after things that just, oh, man, that's really interesting. Oh, that's just really neat. Forget the neat and find out what the vital is. The, the epistles are what's vital to how you walk every single day and how you maintain your life every single day. You know, you, you, you get somebody born again, and you, you know, they, they need to know the story. They need to know the account of Jesus and when he came to this earth and, and the time he spent on this earth and the things he did because he was re- a reflection of the Father's heart. But when he left, he left and said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. There's going to be another comforter who comes into your life. And he'll teach you. He'll help you. And then what did he do? He got a hold of the Apostle Paul. And he gave him something that was going to change the life of every believer from there on out. And that's, we need to get, them fam- get a new believer familiar with Jesus and what he, what he did while he was here. And then we need to get them into the epistles and, and get them familiar with what Jesus did in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and how it makes a difference in our lives every single day. He is continually at work in us. And we should identify with what he did and what he bought for us, what he's provided for us, what he wants us to live in, what he wants us to demonstrate to the rest of the world. That's the kind of spiritual food we need all the time. These other things are wonderful. The history books of the Old Testament, they're wonderful. They were types and shadows of what was coming. But I'm telling you what, the epistles is where it's at. That's where you get the full nourishment that you need to sustain your spiritual life. And then the exercise. How about using your faith? Well, I don't really need anything. Well, find something to use your faith on. You know, the person who is nice and thin and svelte and is size 10 and, you know, oh, that's great. But you're not going to stay that way unless you exercise. Well, I don't really need to. I have this metabolism. Well, yes, you do need to. You need to exercise your faith every single day. You need to find something. If you don't have a faith project that's been imposed upon you, you need to make one so that you can get your faith to work. Faith will never grow unless it's used on something. That's how it grows is when you use it. Just like lifting weights will build muscle, fighting the fight of faith will build your faith. You know, just sitting with Doug yesterday while Lori was in surgery, you know, we were, we were talking about several things and, and talking about, you know, when, when they told her a few weeks ago that she had stage 4 lung cancer. And then they came back later and said, you know, it, it, it's not cancer. And, uh, you know, he, he said at the time he thought to himself, that's, that's, that, that can't be right. It wasn't just a denial. It was just in his heart. It can't be right. So when the report came back, it wasn't right. And I've, and I've been there before, you know, when, when test results indicated one thing, it was totally wrong. You know, tests can be wrong. And, you know, I, and he was telling me about how he went to the, he went to the waiting room while Lori was having a test done. And, and he sat there, and you know, he just was just building himself up. And I said, you know, that's not the time to decide you need to find out about healing, is it? And he goes, nope. He said, you know, it, it all depends on, on how well you prepared before you got to that point. And that's it. 
It's how well you're prepared. And the way you get prepared is to be exercising your faith on a daily basis. So suddenly you're not faced with a situation where your faith has got to be there to put you over. Listen, faith for a parking place at the mall is the same faith that will get you healed of cancer. But you need to exercise that faith so that it's strong, it's steadfast, it's immovable. That's the only way you're going to face situations when they come at you, when opposition comes that you weren't expecting. That's the only way you're going to face it successfully if you have been exercising your faith. Start with a small thing. Teach your children when they're young. You want a certain thing? Well, let's just believe God for it. Teach them how to use their faith. Teach them. You know, I go back to the story of, of uh, Briley when she was ever here in the Tiny Tots department, and that means she was not even three years old, and she went home, and, and uh, she had a fever, and, and she was laying on the couch singing, I'm so glad Jesus heals me. I'm so glad Jesus heals me. Man, that is a wonderful time to start them on the walk of faith, using their faith. She's got a fever, but she's, I'm so glad Jesus heals me. I mean, that blessed me when I heard that. But you have to, you have to do that on a regular basis. Don't float. Don't just coast. Put, put into action in your life something that you have to believe God for. There are times when you and I can choose to believe God for something. You know, I might could go out and buy something, but... I think I'm going to believe God to provide the money for that particular thing. That way, when something comes that you have to believe God for the money to provide something, you already know what to do. You already know how to get it. You're already established in it. Exercise your faith. And then, rest. Rest. How much rest are you getting? Are you spending your, your spiritual life in a constant flutter of, I've got to believe God for this. I've got to believe God for that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. I gotta... No, rest. Rest is important to your natural body. Rest is important to your spiritual body. The person who is in faith is at rest. You know, that's how you gauge whether you're really in faith or not. Are you resting? Are you going to bed at night going, thank you, Jesus? This is all taken care of, and I can sleep peacefully. I can sleep soundly. I don't have to worry about this at all. Are you, is that what you're doing? Or are you constantly just on a, on a treadmill of, of just thinking about it over and over, turning over, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? I, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm preaching to myself here tonight, folks. You know, I've I'm, I'm got some things, you know, just going, this don't look like it's going to work, but it's going to work. It don't look like it's going to work. And I'm tired of letting it rob me of my sleep. I'm tired of letting it rob me of my rest. Maybe it's not a big thing to anybody else. It's a big thing to me. But the Bible tells us not to, not to worry. First um, Peter 5, 7, go over there. You have to get into a place of rest. First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all of your care, not some of it, but all of it. How well are you resting? You know, if you go to bed with something on your mind and you go, okay, Lord, I just, I just thank you right now. You know, I just thank you. The answer is mine. I have what I need. I'm just going to go to sleep. And, I'll, and then you wake up in the middle of the night and the enemy is just yelling in your ear. And he'll do that. He loves to do that at nighttime. He's just screaming in your ear. You have to use the same tactics right then that you used before. I will not put up with this. I will not listen to this. I will not give heed to this. I will not let you take me down the road of worry about this. Not going to do it. And you speak to that problem. You say, devil, take take your nonsense and go. You have to stay in rest. If you go with me over to Philippians 4, 6, you know this one. It doesn't help hurt to remind ourselves of this all the time because there's constant opportunity 
for us to, to get back into a place where we're not in rest, that we're in worry. You know, meditating in the Word, you talk about to people about meditating in the Word. I, well, I don't really know what you're talking about, meditating. Do you worry about things? That's meditating what the enemy says. Just take the Word of God and just over and over, over and up, play it over and over in your mind. Speak it out loud. Get it down on the inside of you. Philippians 4 Verse 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, there, there's a, a, in the Amplified, it says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Well, I just, you know, I'm not really worried, but I just can't, I just can't quite, I just can't stop thinking about it. That's worry. That's fretting. That's anxiety. Don't, don't go there. Don't go there. If you're confident of what the Word has told you, you will be at rest. If you're not at rest, get up and go find your Bible and find yourself a Scripture and spend some time meditating on that Scripture, feeding food. Remember food? Food, the right food. And then exercise your faith when that food is in there, and then you go rest. That's how you do that. But, you know, a glow is recognizable on people. I said that before. But, you know, you have a spiritual complexion. Did you know that? And it's funny how sometimes people will, will think that nobody knows that, the, that they're, they're not feeling the glow today. People know. You know, sometimes we put our little spiritual makeup on to cover all the all the little flaws, you know, and we got this little stuff, you know, ladies do that they can put on little spots and blemishes here. And, you know, we go out, man, it's, this is great. And there are times I, I think, well, you know, I wonder if we, if anybody ever saw the real, the real, the real skin under there, what would, what would it look like? You know, I don't know. But, you know, people can come to church with their spiritual makeup on thinking that nobody's going to know that the glow is missing somewhat. People can tell. People can tell. You know, all of us have occasional opportunities to come in and kind of, it's kind of an off day. I've, I have them ever so often. And there are times it's just like, okay, I'm just, I'm struggling with something. I'm struggling to, to get my mind off of something. I'm struggling to deal with something, you know, and maybe I'm not quite myself today. And most of the time, if you look at me, you can tell that this is not working too well. What, something's wrong with her. Well, just like you can tell something's wrong with me, I can tell something's wrong with you. Because the spiritual makeup doesn't really cover everything. And sometimes, you know, people give it away by just their attitude when they come in. There's just this kind of, ugh, I don't want to get in the middle of that, you know, whatever that is. So you back off from somebody who comes in with attitude this morning. Mm-hmm. I tell you the story, I know I've told you this before about in the old church, you know, we would come up from the office up, up the back stairs, you know, and come out on the, on the platform, and uh, many's the time I had to have a change of attitude. From the bottom step, there had to be a change by the time I got to the top step. You know, there are times when you need to be honest enough with ourselves that we know, okay, between the time I get in the car to head to church, and the time I get there, I have to have an attitude change because the glow I want people to see is not the glow I currently have, but the glow of the life of God that's on the inside of me coming out in spite of all this other stuff. And see, the best person to deal with that, to tell you that, is you. Because if somebody comes in and they go, what's the matter with you? What's going on? Or they try to encourage you, if you're not in the right frame of mind, guess what? You kind of, <laughs> suddenly it's, we're off to the races, honey. <laughs> you, you, ever, you ever felt like you were the, like the, you were like the, the, can't, the uh, match that lit the fire, that you weren't really the problem, but, but you just happened to be the, the match that lit the fire? You know, there's happened several times. You know, I've, I've been guilty of it, and, and other people have too. You know, so you don't want to do that. You, you want to get to a place where you come in and you have already done what you need to do to get yourself back in a place where the right glow is on your face. You know, I remember 
Um, sometimes, you know, we fool, try to fool ourselves that nobody, nobody can tell there's anything wrong with me. You know, well, that, 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 that doesn't really last very long. I remember when I was having chemo all those years ago, I thought, man, I'm doing pretty good, you know. You know, this is not bad. You know, my hair got thinned out, but, you know, I'm, I'm really tired a lot, but, but, you know, I'm doing really great. And then later, somebody showed me some pictures they had taken during all that, and I'm going, oh, my word, I looked horrible. Thank God y'all didn't tell me that. You didn't say how bad it was, but it was, I looked at it and go, whoa, man, they were kind to me. But you know what? If you love somebody, you'll help them. If you see somebody struggling, encourage them. You know, that person will have to make the choice to be encouraged, but encourage them. Help them get back to where that glow needs to be. I, over, over 39 years of, of pastoring, you know, we see people all the time over that span of years that somehow they, they're just, something's a little off. And then nobody says anything, nobody does anything, and they get a little more off. And then maybe somebody tries to, to, to help them, encourage them, and they don't want to be encouraged. They don't want to be helped. And so they back off a little. And it's just like you can just kind of see them just kind of backing out the door, you know, until you don't see them anymore at all. Wouldn't it have been nice if early on, like with a house, you find something that goes wrong, you fix it right then? Sometimes the problem, you know, that we, we find ourselves completely losing our spiritual glow is because there's been little things all along the way that we didn't address. And now our life is a shambles. It's no, it doesn't look anything like it did a couple of years ago. It happens all the time. And there's a lot of ways that that happens, but it doesn't have to happen. If you find yourself not wanting to come to church, figure out why. If you find yourself in church not wanting to praise God, figure out why. If you find yourself not wanting to read the Word, figure out why. Just like, you know, if you're an adult and you've ever been in love and then you weren't in love anymore, you knew when that, that transition out of love began to happen. You need to figure out when you're transitioning out of love with Jesus. You know, in the, in the, in the, I think it's Revelation that says, you know, I have something against you. You left your first love. You left your first love. Well, he didn't leave. You did the leaving. So how did it happen? So many times you look around at situations and people's lives that go shipwrecking you, and, and you wonder, how in the world did that happen? Little by little. One little thing led to another little thing to another little thing was never addressed until it became big things. And then the big things took them completely out. It's over in uh, the Song of Solomon in the second chapter talks about the little foxes spoiling the vine. The little foxes. And it's always little things. You know, when we sold our house a couple of years ago, you know, we, we maintained our house, I thought, really, really well. And then when you, you get to the place where you're about to sell it, then you start looking around with a different view. You begin to take a, a very critical eye of what's wrong everywhere. And when we sold that house, we walked out of there confident and knowing that that house was in as good a shape as we could possibly have it to turn it over to a new owner. I was proud of the way it looked. I was proud of the way it was maintained. You know, that's how we should look at our spiritual lives is, is stop ignoring things and say, well, I'll get to that later. I'll deal with that later. Well, it's just today. I'll get over it later. Deal with it. So that any time anybody comes along and takes stock of your life, you go, it's in fine shape. It's in fine shape. It is a great example of the way God wants me to present myself to the world. But it takes diligence to do that. It takes a determination to take the little things, little, little attitudes, little concepts, little impressions, if it doesn't line up with the word, deal with it. 
I don't know how many times, you know, what you, you, you have to tell this to people, but obviously we need, to, we need to keep repeating it over the years on a constant basis. If you get something that you think is in your heart that does not line up with the Word, it's not God. But the Spirit told me, the Holy Spirit told me, does the Word agree with that? If it doesn't, that was not the Holy Spirit. Yes, but he told me. No, he did not. He did not tell you something different than what the Word teaches. You are not the exception to the rule. God's Word is God's Word, and he will always abide by and uphold his Word. And if anything contradicts his Word, it's not of God. It's not. And so you come in with it with a preconceived idea about something, uh, something that you thought you, you knew because maybe that's the way you were taught. That's how traditions get started is it's a man's idea. It's not God's idea. It's a man's idea. You come in with something that you realize is a tradition of man, deal with it. Some of our traditions are so firmly ingrained in us that it takes a, it takes a good while of working at it, you know, to get rid of it completely. Just when you think, okay, man, I got all that out of me, suddenly you'll find yourself say something or do something, go, where'd that come from? I mean, I got to go back in there and dig around some more, get rid of that. Need to plug that hole again one more time. You know, I don't know how many of you are seeing it right now, but we're seeing ants inside our house. You got to deal with that stuff. Don't go, oh, well, it's an ant. It's okay. No, it's not okay. You don't belong in my house. You need to get out. And so where there's one ant, if you don't take care of him, he's got cousins, brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and buddies that are going to follow him in. Take care of it. Sometimes ants are attracted by the things we leave laying around that we haven't cleaned up. The ants will be attracted to that kind of stuff. And here they come with all their buddies you know, invading it. And before you know, you've got an infestation. Roaches are not of God. They're not. I don't like roaches. I don't know which I like less. Spiders or roaches. Ants, I can deal with just fine. But spiders, we walked out of the house this morning and walked on the front porch. There's a big old huge spider. They're going to go, oh, yuck, do something about that spider. But you know what? There are things that we... we we leave in our life that attracts spiritual roaches and spiritual spiders. Clean it up. Clean it up. There's a glow that God wants you to have in your life that can't happen if you don't clean all that junk up because the junk is attracting things it shouldn't be attracting. Anyway, uh, let me go back here. I get off on rabbit trails. I'm very sorry. That's all right. Um, so why do maintenance on your heart, on your spiritual life? Why? Well, if you don't, you're going to miss out on wisdom. You're going to miss out on Holy Ghost direction. You're going to miss out on blessings of all kinds. It's funny. You know how sometimes when, when people are, are having an issue with their spiritual glow factor, that they um, get really offended at people who are really blessed. Isn't that something? It's my, this is my brother in the Lord. This is my sister in the Lord, and they're getting blessed, and I'm mad about it. You think, well, that's not possible. Yeah, yeah, we've seen it. We've got people who got offended because somebody gave up, got up and gave a praise report how God did something for them. They were mad because they didn't have the same thing happen in their lives. Well, here's the key. You do what they did to get the same kind of blessing. With an attitude like that, the glow is not there. And you can't expect to get the same kind of blessing they got. You know, God, God's blessings are there for the taking. They are. He's not withholding anything from anybody. But you'll miss out. If, you're, if your spiritual life is not being maintained and that glow is not remaining there all the time, you will miss out on all kinds of blessing. You'll miss out on fellowship with your, with your other brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's terrible. 
You know, and that's a trick of the enemy. When he gets a hold of somebody and he gets, just gets in just little places, then, the, then people a lot of times, they, they don't want to be around other believers. And they miss out on wonderful fellowship. They miss out on opportunities that somebody could be ministering to them. Isn't that why the enemy wants to separate you? It's so that you will not be blessed and so that you will not maintain your spiritual life. That's his tactic, is to separate you from other people who can help you when you need help. And you say, well, I don't need any help. Yes, you do. That's why he put us together. If we didn't need one another, he wouldn't have put us in a local body. He wouldn't be so adamant about about the, the local church and its importance in our lives. If we didn't need anybody... Why we're even here. We need people and people need us. And so, you know, if you don't maintain your spiritual glow, you're going to miss out on abilities and opportunities to fellowship with other believers, and you're going to miss out on opportunities to minister to other people. If you're not in a good place, it's not likely you're going to be open to the Lord telling you that this person needs needs a touch from me today and you're the way I'm going to touch them. You are the person I'm going to use. God doesn't have hands and feet here. He doesn't have a voice here. He doesn't have a way to reach these people except through you. You're his hands. You're his feet. You're his voice. And you have to be available to reach them. There's people out there that will not be reached if you don't do it. People can say, well, you know, if I don't do it, God will send somebody else. Maybe. Maybe you are the only opportunity. Maybe you're the only person that that person would listen to. You know, when we, when we uh, talk, uh, pray for different people about different things, we ask, ask God to open their eyes, you know, that, they, that they, would, they would be receptive to the gospel. We also add that he sends laborers across their path. You know, who's to say that one person is the only person that they'll listen to. I'm sure God in his mercy has got other people he'd like to use, but that person might not be receptive to anybody else. That anybody else might be you. So if you're not maintaining yourself, how can you be a blessing and reach out to somebody else? Remember, life is not all about you. The reason you maintain your spiritual glow is to be a blessing to somebody else. Yes, it's to bless you, but it's to also be a blessing to somebody else. I mean, over in the, in the Old Testament, he told Abraham, I've blessed you so you can be a blessing. And that's why we maintain our life. You know, when, when, I, when I'm in a, in a not-so-good mood, I'm not real open to hearing God say, that lady at the cash register needs, needs to hear you say something positive to her today. I was like, well, I ain't got nothing positive to say right this minute. <laughs> Forget that, you know. I need to say something positive to me. <laughs> now, I can be real honest, you know, about that. I don't mind sharing with you that I'm, I am flesh, just like you are. And there are days when my flesh wants to rise up, but that doesn't give me an excuse to do it. It doesn't give me a pass. God's going to get on my case just like he's, I'm going to get on yours. You know, and, um, and there are times that I'm going, I know it, but I don't want to. Just don't want to. You know, the rebellious child that I can be sometimes. I just don't want to, Lord. Just don't want to. You know, I'd rather sit here and just, you know, pout. I'd rather just sit here and just steam about something. I'd just rather sit here and just... You know, lick my wounds about something. You know, I'd just rather sit here and just let all this play out. That's not maintaining the glow. That's not. It's not going to help anybody, least of all you. So, just remember that when life drains you, you have to be constantly putting back in. You have to put back in what goes out. The old adage that we picked up years ago, when the outgo exceeds the input, then the upkeep becomes the downfall. 
Remember, you have to put back in what the life is taking out of you on a regular basis. So you need to be prepared all the time. Stay ready for what might come. You know, that preparation, time of preparation every single day, spending time on the Word, building yourself up. Get yourself a few healing scriptures. Get yourself a few financial scriptures. Get yourself a few scriptures about ministering to other people. Get yourself some things and just each day see what the Lord would have you feed on. Be prepared for any situation that comes your way. And that will help you succeed. Not being prepared, you won't succeed. Hurricane season is upon us. What do they say? Be prepared. Don't wait till the hurricane is on the horizon. Be prepared ahead of time. Spiritually speaking, we need to be prepared ahead of time. Then be vigilant. 1 Peter 5, 8. Go over there. You're not too far away. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, your adversary, he's not your buddy. He is not someone who is just, mm, it's not really a threat. Yes, he's a big threat. He's your adversary. He, the devil, he goes as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. That says whom he may devour. How, what is determined in how he, if he may devour you? You. You have determined whether he may devour you or not. It's up to you to be vigilant and stand your ground where he's concerned. Maintain yourself. And then go over with me to Ephesians 5. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5. Here is your maintenance manual. You can start in verse 18, but the, the actual... The actual manual here starts right here in verse 18. We said this, we used this a while ago. It says, be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always in all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That is your maintenance manual right there. Okay, I'm a little low today. My glow is not here. What do I do? Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourself. You build yourself up. You spend some time worshiping the Lord. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And then what? Be grateful. Giving thanks always. Until, for all things unto God, and then submitting yourselves one to another. What does that really mean? I wrote this down. Uh, the Taylor translation says that. He says, where it says submitting yourselves one to another, it says honor Christ by submitting to each other. Literally, that means stay walking in love. Just maintain your love walk. You know, one of the things that if, you're, if your glow is, is a little off, check your love walk. A lot of times that's where the problem is. We got, we got some problems with somebody or something. Check your love walk. But this is your maintenance manual right here. Isn't that nice? It's just short. It's not written in Chinese. They had somebody write this who actually knew how to write the manual. You ever had a manual that was like, who wrote this anyway? It makes no sense. God wrote this. Had Paul put it down on paper, it's real easy, it's real specific, it's real clear. This is what you do. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking, I'm reading this for a third time because you need to hear it a third time. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You might find yourself in a place where you can't really be singing out loud, maybe on the job or something. You can be making melody in your heart to the Lord. There, there's, there's no reason why you can't do that. Unless you're up giving a speech or something, you know, I suppose that you can't do that and do it at the same time then. But giving thanks always. When, you know, so much of the time, our glow 
gets all muddied and, and, and stuff because we let our eyes get off of what God has done for us and what he's doing for us. And it's kind of like, like something that's, that's gotten tarnished. When we were in, in California in January, uh, the, a group of Russians from Siberia had come over for the meetings. Um, Pastor Nancy had been at their, their church not, not too long, sometime last year, and, and they, they just had a really heart's desire, you know, to, to come and be in the, in the January meetings. And so God provided, supernaturally provided for them to be able to get to America. They got visas. They were able to get out of the country, which is really hard to do sometimes. They won't let, like, a husband and a wife leave the country because they want to make sure you're coming back. And, and so anyway, a group of them had come. And they were just so grateful, and they were so blessed to be there. And, and uh, Pastor Nancy, when she had been there, she saw this thing. Does anybody know what a samovar is? It's this, it's this Russian tea urn. You can fill it up with, with water, and, and you can put the, the tea on the top. Anyway, anyway, it's this big thing, and it was brass. And they brought it, and she thought, oh, man, this is, this is really, really pretty. You know, and we, we got to looking at it, and we... Pastor and I came in one day from teaching in the Bible school, and, and she had out some, some tarnish remover in a rag. And I said, oh, let me help you. So the two of us sat down, and we started polishing that thing up. And I'm telling you what, when we got through, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It was so shiny. It was gorgeous. And this is beautiful thing. When it came, it was like, well, yeah, that, that's pretty good, but, you know, it's it's." No, that's, that's nice. But we got through. It was stunning. Listen, sometimes our spiritual glow has gotten tarnished. If you'll take the word of God and you will sing, making praise to God, thanking him, getting into the word, being filled with the spirit, I'm telling you what, the spiritual tarnish remover will make you bright and brilliant. Just like that samovar, something lovely and wonderful to behold. So tonight, maintain the spiritual glow. Amen. Hallelujah. I am quitting three minutes early. Good night. Love you. Go home. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.